Hello, everybody. Yeah, hi. What the heck are we doing on your feet on a Friday? Isn't it weird? It's weird right now. Yeah, it's different. It's almost like... This is a new thing. ...planned <gasps> out as a new thing. Don't Im- give that implication. I want it to seem spontaneous. Oh, that was a burp. Okay. <gasps> Don't cut that out. Leave it in. Well, of course we're going to leave it in. But yeah, we're here on a Friday. That's weird, considering it's not a Friday while we record. But you're hearing it on a Friday. But we're starting a new thing. We're going to do some bonus shows for you guys. Hooray! It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a lot lined up. Yeah. Different fun things that we can do for you guys. And we'll be taking recommendations too, so... Mm-hmm. Email us. That'll be fun. So instead of just always having our main pickouts, we'll be able to get some other ones that you guys recommend. Yeah, so instead that'll... of having our set-in-stone schedule. Yeah, that way when we do add some of your other picks to our, to our uh, main schedule... Some of you also get to hear your own, too, so you don't have to wait a couple yeah. Of months. Yeah, if you want more incentive, email us uh, what you want us to watch, and if we do pick it, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Or feel free to comment on the Instagram, YouTube. Facebook. Or Facebook group, yes. So. Yeah. And if you're over on Nerds Hour right now, mm-hmm. don't, then come on, you should already know that. Yeah, you should know all that's the podcast, yeah. But, without further ado, today, if you read the title, which hopefully you did, we will be reviewing the movie Prospect. Yeah, we have a prospect for you. It's a great film. (laughs) The depends. Um, Which came out in 2017 and has a killer... I thought it filmed 2017, came out 2018. It looks like... Yes, it did come out 2018. Okay. Yeah. It it says it weird on Google sometimes, because sometimes it doesn't give it the exact date. It also doesn't give the exact run times of these different movies. Mm-hmm. Like, the parts of the Caribbean movies are way shorter than it gives it credit, except for the first three. Because it's adding the credits. And the no, movie. even with the credits, though, in the actual movie. Really? Yeah, like, parts of the Caribbean 5, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Uh, it says it's like two and a half hours, and really it's only like two hours and twelve minutes. Really? That's that's crazy. Maybe they're adding the, maybe it's the extended edition. There's no extended cuts, I don't think. Apart Maybe from they're Caribbean. adding together the deleted Maybe. scenes. It's weird, because some of them are accurate, some of them aren't. Like, the first three are accurate for time, but the other two are not. Well, most of the time, Google's pretty reliable with that kind of stuff. That's yeah, weird. They've been falling behind on their streaming services, too, of what's available on certain streaming services for how long. Like, Prospect, yeah. at the time that we are making this video, I think is still on Netflix. It is. So... Take a look. It'll probably pop up back on there. If not, you can always find it on Amazon Prime for rented for $0.99. Cents. Otherwise, Voodoo for one ninety nine, and YouTube and Google Play Movies and TV for three ninety nine. Definitely worth it. This is a mm-hmm. very great indie film. So if you know anything about time. when we first started off with our podcast, a lot of the stuff that we ended up doing was uh, indie films yeah. and small budget. This is the perfect um, example of what a small budget can do with the right utilization yeah because i there's one director i will say he works a lot better with a smaller budget than he does with a bigger budget 
You know who I'm going to say? I think I know. M. Night Shyamalan. Well, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say uh, Robert uh, Robert Rodriguez. Because oh, that's also good. what he's signaturally Sm- known as. Yeah, yeah. Him, him and Kevin Smith, too. Like, lower budget for them is better. But... Robert Rodriguez and Shyamalan, though, know how to polish a big budget looking movie. Well, it's weird because, like, if you look at Shyamalan's history, like, all of his movies that have big budgets, they're bad. It's like, less creative. Yeah, like, f- The Last Airbender made me want to puke. Um, the Happening, that one was just weird and confusing. It's funny to watch, but it's like, it, it wasn't, wasn't that supposed, supposed to be like a left behind type? movie people were killing themselves it was basically um it was basically what is that basically bird box it was basically bird box okay but they were killing themselves for diff- something in the air was making them do it but it was supposed it was played off more funny than it was supposed to be because it's supposed to be serious and mark Wahlberg just didn't like i don't know what happened man because usually you can maybe trust he mark. didn't even know no i don't think he knew honest to god but, you know, there's something to be said, too, that when it comes to these, you got to remember one thing for these directors. Mm-hmm. When you get something, and I mean, that's why Robert Rodriguez, I think, always works with a small amount of budgeting. Because mm-hmm. um, when you look at it, like, Prospect is a perfect example of what you can do. And how polished you can make it look with a very small budget. Mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez with Spy Kids, like a lot of those movies had small budgets and they're really, really yeah. good. And the CGI for the time was really good. Yeah, I mean, look at his Grindhouse movies too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I can't remember the one offhand that was double-backed with Quentin Tarantino's... Um, Death Proof? Death Proof, yeah. Uh, Planet X. Or Dead Planet or something like that. It's the one with the woman who has the prosthetic leg that's a gun. Yeah, I think it's Planet... It's a very B-movie title. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, and that came out in 2007, I think. Mm-hmm. Planet Terror. Planet Terror. That with is uh, Josh Brolin in it. Yeah. And it's got... Um, is that Bruce Willis in that one? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He had Quentin Tarantino. Unfortunately, he had a bad role in it, though. Yeah, well, come on. But we're not going to speak about that. Mm-mm. It had uh, Danny Trail in it as well. Yeah, well, I love Danny Trail, man. So, we need more Machete movies, which I believe Robert Rodriguez did in the Machete movies, mm-hmm. too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Machete... He is a character in um, Spy Kids. It's the same guy, supposedly. Yeah, he was in Spy Kids. Mm-hmm. So. Like the Machete universe and the Spy Kids universe are the same universe. Which is oh yeah, I heard that was implied because he's mm-hmm. called Uncle Machete. I think yeah. that would be awesome if they made that work. Well, it's just like... It's also interesting how they would because like... The girl from Spy Kids is in Machete as a bad guy. So I don't know. I would have loved it out of like, you look like my niece. <laughs> yeah. But there's a crazy scene in that movie where he like... He kills a guy near the top of the hospital, grabs his entrails, runs with them out the window, and goes down to the second floor using that as like a rope. And I'm like, the heck kind of diehard crap is this? This is awesome. It's weird. And Elon Musk is in the second one. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, Elon Musk loves he cameos. He loves cameos. <laughs> I mean, look at Rick and Morty. There was a whole episode with him as Elon Tusk. 
He was in Rick and Morty. He was in Iron Man 2 as himself. A lot of those cameos, he's himself. But in any case, we're talking about prospect. Yes. Yeah, so, but I wanted to say till when you give directors who are better at working with low budget, the studio always wants you to also use the utilization because studios have that very annoying dumbass nag of thinking that just because you have a big budget means you have to use every single buck in the barrel. Nope. You do not. You do not, and it's been proven. The Mandalorian, yes. Does it have nine million dollars an episode like Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. But I will guarantee you, not every single buck was used for nine million an episode. Because mm-hmm. some of those are pretty basic scenery. Oh yeah. The only thing that that money is probably used for is to give more time and software to make it touch up and look like a full look as good movie. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Prospect had a budget, an estimate of no more than four million. Which wouldn't surprise me if they only spent like a million, not even. Mm-hmm. But um, it still looks incredible. Yeah, that's not to say that it didn't look... This movie, and not to mention they got Pedro Pascal in it. Yeah, as a main character as well. Which, his character is so fascinating to me. Yeah, for, for once, he actually plays more of an antagonist. More well, than a... I wouldn't... I, listen, I wouldn't call him a protagonist. I wouldn't call him an antagonist either. He in my head is anti-hero. He's Han Solo. He is. He will do whatever he needs to do to make sure he's Han Solo in the Solo movie. He will do whatever he needs to do to make sure he stays alive because that is what is most important. Him, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's an antagonist just because a little bit that he's more of an antagonist. Definitely during the beginning. During the beginning, yeah, is what I was gonna say. Because he's very scary in the beginning. Because, I mean, you can argue that with Chris Evans' role that he's more of an antagonistic character sort of to begin with in Knives Out. Yeah, well, in Knives Out, he's he's an antagonist towards the end. Towards the beginning, he's kind of just a character. <laughs> yeah. But then we uh, we also have Jay Duplass. So if you don't know who the Duplass... The Duplass bros. Brothers are, yeah. So uh, Mark Duplass... Did these two amazing movies, which we may or may not cover in They're the future? They're on Netflix. They're on Netflix. Um, yeah, and they've been on there for a while. They are two amazing indie films that are found footage style, but very well crafted from the scenery to uh, from the scenery to the way it's just shot mm-hmm. with lighting and everything, and it really immerses you more so than I would say any other found footage really has. Mark Duplex, and they're called Creep, Creep One mm-hmm. and Two. Well, Creep and then Creep 2. Yeah, Creep and then Creep 2. And Mark Duplass plays... His performance in that movie is absolutely uh, amazing. There's no question. His... Because you haven't seen it yet. Mm-mm. And I'll take I have your words. word. I trust you. They are... For better or worse. Very freaky. They are... It's called Creep for a reason. Um, J2 Plus, I believe, has produced some other stuff, so... Well, and he's in this Yeah, one. he's in this one as Damon, who is the, uh... He's the dad father of our protagonist. of our protagonist, C, who's played by Sophie Thatcher, which I believe this is one of her first movies as yeah. well. She did great. She doesn't do much. I didn't recognize her, but she No, and you don't really find much. They don't even have her birthday on there. She just Jeez. turned 21, it looks like, because mm-hmm. when I first looked at this movie, like a... 
uh, like four or five days ago. So she was 20. So They've shot in 17, so that would make her 18 when she did this movie? Maybe 17? Yep, because she's a year older than, or two years older than I am nearly. Okay. Or like a year and so odd. Okay, cool. Good for her. Yeah. So... That was pretty cool, and and the rest of our characters, there's not really a whole lot, and that's the cool thing. The nobody, don't none of the characters really come in until about I'd yeah. say halfway through the movie. We have, we have three main people, and we lose one of them during the first like half hour. Yeah. So, what the description says, and this is easier, I think, said than trying to place it all together in our own description, would be uh, a man and his teenage daughter encounter uh, nonstop danger while searching for valuable gems on an alien moon. Which really sums it up in the best way. I, I mean, it would... sums up the first bit of yeah. it. I wouldn't well, say it's true to, to three fourths of the movie. No, but I think that's enough to get you in to kind of explain how the setting is taking place. Oh, what yeah. the setting is going well, to be. And I want to also preface: I went into this movie. I watched it the other day. I went into it completely blind. No trailers. I knew nothing. I knew Pedro Pascal was attached to the movie because you told me. But other than that, I, I knew nothing about this movie. And if you get a chance, do that. If you haven't watched it, stop listening to the show. Go on Netflix. Where where else can they find it? Probably Amazon if they rent yeah, it. Yeah, I said uh, it's all for rent on Amazon uh, for ninety nine cents, Voodoo for one ninety nine, and YouTube and Google Play for uh, yeah. three ninety nine. For ninety nine cents on Amazon, that's a great yep. price. Go ahead, rent that. That's it's so worth it for ninety nine cents. Is, so worth it. And that, I mean they 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 earned it. Yeah. They really did earn it. Um, It'll be worth your prospect. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, so we're going to get into spoilers here. So if you haven't seen it, watch it now and then just come back. Hi, welcome back. We were assuming at this point you watched it or you don't care. Yeah, so. So We opened on a space station. Yeah, and uh, we, that's when we first meet Damon and C, who basically are... They almost look like brother and sister at first. For bit. like a few seconds. For a few seconds until they, they kind of, yeah, until they really address that. Damon is the father of C. And from what we understand, her mother is no Past. longer yeah. Yeah, with them in some capacity. And I'm assuming, because this world is like gritty, dark future, I'm assuming she died horribly. That's just my yeah. assumption. <laughs> I mean, we really don't hear about much about Earth, though. No, we don't. And it's not really explicitly said. It's just that they're researchers kind of on this station, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Well, or... no. So they're miners. They live miners, on this station. Yeah. Like, it, I'm assuming it's a thing like you rent out space on a station to go mine and stuff. But this is very, it's very much like the Wild West. Yeah, which is great the way they named yeah. it Prospect. Uh, by the way, sorry, I forgot to also mention that this is presented by Dust. So if you do not know... What Dust is, it is a YouTube channel that specifically uh, focuses on short films from all sorts of different directors and creators uh, within the sci-fi genre. And sometimes a little bit of horror, but more sci-fi horror mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So if you like, you know, like Crypt TV or like Scream Fest or anything like those, uh, it's like those, but instead of horror, it's sci-fi and some sci-fi horror elements. There. Or like... Um... Who's the? It, oh, it is Crypt TV. Never mind. I was I was gonna ask who Dead Meat partners with all the time. 
Yeah, it's usually Crypt TV. So that uh, that will uh, help you understand. So if you've seen those, that's another reason to get excited. The visuals are absolutely breathtaking in here. And uh, if you've seen any of Dust stuff, you know that they work with the best of the best. Yeah, they do some great stuff. And this is like a full-fledged, like... This is them. and Almost they, two hour long movie. And this went to, uh, this did go to theater, so. That's, yeah, great for them. But yeah, C and Damon are miners who are basically, like you said, probably ready to go to space on the station. And they're. Cause, yeah, because it's this forest moon. I, I can't remember the name of it, but everyone calls it the green. And that's because it's a very green, it's all foresty. Yeah. If you've ever seen like a. Like, Star Wars fan film. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine. But second moon of Endor, right? Yeah, Endor. Or no, no, Endor. Imagine and well, just think of it as when you see like a Star Wars film out in open fields and stuff like that in the woods. But imagine if it was color graded and made to look like the air was. There yeah, was something wrong with the air. Color graded and added effects for atmospheres. I'd say like a uh, Avatar. Mm-hmm. I think Avatar is a perfect example, kind of like seeing what Pandora looks like. Yeah, that's that's a really kind of feel that this. But has. they they like it looks like they put a filter out over it so you can see the toxicity that's just in the air. I'm pretty sure they. Because I'm assuming oh. what it is, it's it's either my assumption is it's either the plant life, and like it just gives off like poisonous air, or it has way too much oxygen, and as humans we couldn't take it. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's toxicity. I mean, it looks almost like when you look at them that it's like... Uh, if you look up an image or just have seen the movie, it almost looks like they added little specks. So I wonder if mm-hmm. they... I, I'm assuming they probably did it in post and probably threw some color grading and some filters oh, yeah. over it and then added some of the spores and stuff because there's definitely, in different parts of the movies, a where lot did, of spores. Where did they film this? It had to have been in, like, the Redwoods. I thought it was Australia, but then again, I could be thinking wrong. I was thinking that or, like, maybe, like, because I know Canada has some amazing, like, forests. Um, no, I, I'm trying to think because I thought it was it. Washington State, apparently. Really? I want to, like, figure out where exactly. Because I want to look around and be like, yeah, this is where they shot it. <laughs> like, 100%, I feel like I'm on another planet. Yeah, they did so good. I mean, even, you know, and, and for a majority of the movie, our, each protagonist, mm-hmm. each character is wearing a spacesuit. Yeah, yeah. The only time they're not is when they're in a situation where they're indoors. So, like, yeah, either in a ship or in a tent or something. Yeah, which if I had to guess, I would say that's that the air is more toxic than anything. Yeah, hundred percent. So again, or my other theory is that there's too much oxygen, which is a thing that would kill us. <laughs> oh yeah, too much of anything is. Yep. Deadly. But so we open up on her. She's like sitting at a window, looking out it, and writing in a book, which we do get. Like we find out what that is later on. But she's like. Writing what looks like just symbols, but I guess it's like the language of this world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which which I think is always kind of cool to get a different type of language. It's nice. Even if you don't learn it. No, no. Even if it doesn't, like, have any basis, it's still a nice thing to have. And she's also, like, wearing headphones, which I'm assuming are just, like, hooking into any broadcast. Yeah. Which, uh... 
speaking of the topic of different languages too, didn't don't the Klingon have their own actual language that they wrote just you like can, Elvin? You can you can take Klingon at some colleges. Like that's an actual really? course you can take and you can learn it fluently. I hope that they do it for Elvin mm-hmm. Elvish too, because if you know anything about Tolkien for those yeah. of you out there, you know that he actually From the wrote the Tolkien movie. He, like, actually linguistically made a language and it actually makes sense. Because he was an English professor, wasn't he? He was a student at the time, but then I think he gained professorship, I think, post-World War One. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but... Or just what inspired him to write Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. His, his best friend dying in a war inspired him to make his art. Which, you know, very sad, but also, like... Perfect way to honor and memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so then Yeah, we we meet who what's her dad's name? Damon. Damon. And she heard like over the intercom that this is the last like the the station, this is gonna be the last orbit they do around the moon. So they she like sets a timer for when on her watch, which is a, like oh god. All the aesthetic of all the technology they use is really freaking cool, man. Like, it reminds me of Alien Isolation, their set design. Of just, like, you put a thing in, a light comes on, you flip a switch. Oh, and I want to also stress this, too, because I think too many people think about... I think far too many people think about... Like, the future being very, very futuristic... Yeah, but I think they think way too much about it being holograms. Everything has got to be a hologram. Everything's, Everything's got to be, be a hol- hologram. We got to have laser like, guns. You know, we got to have light speed travel. Like, with, nah. With what's playable and shown with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Because I think you end up going to space at one part of that game. I'm not Don't sure. know. Not looking into it because it's spoiler territory. I yeah, know yeah. that. Um, but you know, Cyberpunk. Not everything is actually a hologram. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff is actually just more touchscreen based i mean even when you're operating elevators and stuff exactly and not even all the cars are hover cars there's mm-hmm. most of the cars in that game too where you're cars. driving on the ground are just modded out weird ass looking what you would assume to be retro wave cars to give them a more badass feel it's like firefly majority of guns used are like just you know regular pistols and like guns with gunpowder you know yeah in which in a lot of sense you know the thing with Firefly is that's more Western than anything, too, with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's one thing that people really need to admire is the fact that they did this right in such a way. Yeah. One thing I like about it is their guns that they have in this world. Because, like, they show the main guy, like, putting a clip into a thing and cranking it. Because they just shoots little... It shoots little bolts of energy. So, you just have to crank it and manually, like, that's how you load the gun. And the, the gun design is really cool like it's frayed wires and like just it looks like a silencer barrel yeah um well i don't think we get to take a look at the weapons because we do 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 we early this early on yeah because he's he's when they're getting their gear ready oh that's right he's like loading up the guns that they're gonna need the rifles the rifles and the pistol design Mm-hmm. They're very okay. The rifle is badass as hell, mm-hmm. and it's funny because the poster, the one shot, if you look, uh, see 
picture up of C holding the the barrel, the or I mean the rifle. It's the exact same shot. So they cut her image out and plastered it on the poster, which is one of the That's most awesome badass scenes of the movie. It's like what really kicks off mm-hmm. the whole um, like events. Yeah, so that was like really really cool f- to see of them. Uh, but we also get like this sci-fi pistol that's like a mix of a normal pistol later Mm -hmm. later we see it it's like a mix of a normal pistol and uh kind of a cyberpunk steampunkish looking barrel kind of design texture yeah uh and a uh star wars type inspiration which Mm -hmm. i think is the basis for a lot of things because phasers aren't really except for like more was it original series that used the original guns more yeah Yeah, so i mean that's the closest i think you could ever come to really a phaser being inspiration for anything yeah because in the in the after that it's kind of they hold it and it looks like a remote yeah and i think the well i think the only two series we really get to see them in then is uh discovery enterprise Mm -hmm. and the original series because everything predates original series when it comes to enterprise and then discovery yep so then like, they're getting all their gear ready, and she's worried because they're going down, and she's worried about getting left behind. And he's like, we have to do this. Like, it's a, like you get the idea that these are very middle-class people. Like, day-to-day working, day-to-day living type of people, you know? And yeah. I like that. I like that sort of thing. I like the idea that they aren't just rich, everything comes easy for them. Like, no, this is a difficult life they live. Well, and... I think they presented it in a way that didn't seem like the average Joe because too many times I honestly, that's one of the things I hate. Mm -hmm. Like when I see, you know, and even with animated shows, like take, for example, like American dad, I know Mm -hmm. it's more of a comedic series, but still it's like every time, you know, the Griffins get rich for an episode, the Simpsons get rich. Yeah. They have all this money. And at the end they're poor again. Like, no, that's not how it works. Progress further with that. I know it's a bit for an episode, but come on, but it's boring. Yeah. You do it, and it's boring. Run with that for an arc. Like, mm-hmm. take a couple episodes to do something with it. Well, I mean, The Simpsons and Family Guy, it's it's kind of a one-off. Oh, I know. It's a one-off formulaic. type of thing. But, I mean, it's kind of the same thing when you see, like, every movie ever. Yeah. You always start with somebody who's low on the ground, and they gotta work their way up. And, and they gotta kill people to do promise, it. Yeah. And it's boring. Do something else. Start... You know, and that's yeah. something I think they did well. They took a very fresh approach to it. Yeah. Instead of showing and having to show us that, oh, they worked all this way up to be miners or mm-hmm. to have to do something fancy to kill a lot of people to get to this miner stuff. It was just about just a, a job. and his daughter uh, just trying to, uh, what what did Jango Fett say? I'm trying to make man, their way through the universe? I'm just a man trying to make my way through the universe. Yeah. It's just about uh, a dad father and his daughter making their way through the universe and surviving Mm -hmm. yeah and that was the perfect way to set up this movie and the perfect way to 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 grab yeah that really made me and i know i'm spilling on this but that really was a was a great gripping point for me Mm -hmm. it really brought me into the characters more and made it more relatable yeah and the fact that they like like how many times they argue like they feel like people you know, it feels like a it feels like parent a and their teenager. Yeah. yeah, a single dad and his daughter. Like, and I mean, 
and, and it was done in a way like, you know, there's a movie out there, a sci-fi movie called Freaks, mm-hmm. um, which has kind of the same dynamic, but with a younger daughter and not and superpowers. Yeah. But Freaks is very well done, too. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of, which I'm sure we'll do one day or another. Um, right. Probably. But the the way that uh, the little girl, excuse me, the little girl and her dad. <laughs> the, <laughs> the way the awesome. little girl and her dad interact uh, is very human-like. Well, yeah. And while they're in their issues, you know, it feels like a family. So it's kind of nice to see a sci-fi movie that can really (laughs) touch up on that, but do it in such a way that doesn't seem repetitive. Well, at least least when you have a family and you live in the same house, every once in a while you can be like, I'm going out, Mom. Like, yeah. And there's on a spaceship. (laughs) Like, they're not, no one's going anywhere. I mean, you got to think too that you know, and and I hate, I always hate saying this because it is so stereotypical but true to life. Mm-hmm. And I and I really like I I can't tell you even looking you in the eye I can't tell you how much I hate saying it. Okay. But a teenage girl running around the galaxy, mm-hmm. which is basically a wild west, yeah, isn't the best idea. No, no. any teenager. Like but in... I would say especially a smaller teenage boy falling in with the wrong crowd and especially teenage girl yeah because it's just like well let me find out she knows how to handle herself like she yeah. is way more resourceful i'm sorry i'll be honest i'm pretty sure i would die like act one of this movie i'm sorry that's probably just what would happen <laughs> and, and that's something i admire too uh c is me being able to admit that or oh her skills yeah yeah uh c is the furthest you can get from a mary sue no, and yeah. Because she's oh wow, does she fail? She fails so much. It's great because it's believable. She's a kid. <laughs> yeah, you you get the very adult element, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it again. I I have so much praise for Prospect. Yeah, with the way they handled their characters, mm-hmm. and the way that they handled each character on an individual level and brought their failures out. Yeah. All of this in an hour and 40 minutes. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that this is... movie, they do so much in such a little amount of time, but it doesn't feel overwhelming, and it doesn't feel exactly. like anything's dragged out or anything needs to be explained more. Like, they give you just the right amount. It's a it's a hell of a way to do things, or to, it's a hell of a way, and, a, and, and just how amazing it is that you're able to tear down a character so much mm-hmm. and build them up so fast in a way that's not rushed or forced or forced yeah um so c is perfect because half the time i forget she's a girl i forget she's a kid yeah yeah i don't think of her as a guy or a girl which is like a kind she's, of a first she's just a character you that's know. probably why her name is a single letter <laughs> like, well no it's not it's c as in c e e oh like she sees she sees yeah. clearly now the rain is gone um uh-huh. thanks what did i do <laughs> no just okay um but yeah it's just yeah it's awesome but it's but so they they're gonna drop like, damon c damon c they're gonna they because they have a drop pod so they're gonna land because they're 
they're supposed to go to this queen's nest to get these like diamond things and we find out like when they land what the deal is which is they're they're off course they're off course when they land something something happens like something goes wrong with the ship it's not even a ship it's drop pod like it's a one-way trip type of thing for the most part but they end up like they find like some dead bodies and and we get to see why they're here and it's a perfect like exposition because like he doesn't explain anything to her that she wouldn't already know for the sake of explaining it to the audience you know what i mean so he like cuts this thing open and pulls out what looks like just a sack you know and then he cuts he has her cut like what looks like an umbilical cord thing and then he cuts off these little like rivets on it like they look like scabs and then she pours water on it and he pulls out this diamond and i love the design of this thing because if you notice the inner part is yellow and the outer part is white so it's like oh it's a yolk of an egg but this creature when it's it's egg form before it's born it's crystallized like a like a pearl yeah so it's valuable like it's extremely valuable and like it's a huge rock and she asks like what is this worth and he goes thousands maybe ten and then they have a little discussion because she wants to go back because that's enough money to cover a loan so they can just keep doing this and he he's very he's a very greedy character like he wants he wants everything i mean i don't blame him no god no i mean i think what it comes down to is more that i want more than a loan for my daughter i don't want to end up being back in this situation where we're going on dangerous territory. Yeah. Because, I mean, essentially, their landing, of course, is a, a terrible crash landing. Mm-hmm. Like, it is bad. Like, they're late as it is. Yeah, so, I mean... But it's just, like, he... I feel like he is more of a, yes, let's take the risk if we're going to get this much of a reward. Whereas she is like, we got what yeah. we need, let's get out while we can. Which I see both sides. I would yeah. say if you know There's it's there, just both. come back for it. Well, they can't, remember. Because the, That's the, true. the station's leaving. That's right. That's what so. she's worried about. Because she's she's like, I don't want to be left here. I don't want to be stranded on this place. Like, yeah. we can't breathe. Like, unless we find, like, a settlement where people... And like, there's no guarantee. Exactly. Well, we find out there's, like... We find later there's people. But as they're, like, walking along, he has her go, like, refill the water things because they're going to go harvest more at this queen's nest where he says there'll be enough to get millions, like, a lot of money. So as she's doing that, he says, switch to channel two and mute your mic. And it's like, oh, no, what's happening? Because they're communicating through, like, almost a walkie-talkie type system. Yeah, if you look on the side of their helmets, they actually have these neat little microphones yeah it kind of looks like like built in Mm -hmm. it's kind of what it looks like but he has her like do that and then they switch to that channel and he goes there's two men approaching me grab the rifle and follow us behind because he understands like oh they're outnumbering me they're gonna capture me and have me take them wherever to go so i'm gonna have her follow behind so we can ambush but the characters who we see, we don't we don't even know the first huge guy's name because he's like mute and you don't see his face. Like that's that's part of the point. He's not important. But the person who we do meet, played by Pedro Pascal, is Ezra. 
Yeah, which is a kind of which is a pretty cool name. In he's, he's got a fascinating way of talking. Like the listen to the words he chooses to use. That's very like that's a regional thing. Like it's so regional, it's mind numbing, but it makes him distinct. You know, like yeah. I could read this script and without even seeing names, be like Ezra said that. You know. Yeah. But him and his friend like push Damon down, and he's like stepping on his chest because he wants. He wants to get the key to the drop pod so they can get out of there. But he says, how about this? I'll take you with me. I'm supposed to do this mercenary, this job for these mercenaries. We'll split the, the prize three ways. And he goes, sure. So they start like talking while she's following them. And then she comes out and he steals the one guy's gun. Who He steals Ezra's, Ezra's gun. And then they like kind of stand off type of thing. And it's a very like you get the you get the sense in this world that like the whoever's in charge could change at any moment. Like all it takes is one wrong step, and you're done. Because it's not like oh I got shot I can get a med kit and take care of this fine. No, if your suit is compromised, you're done. Yeah. Like you could step on a tree branch wrong branch wrong and you would die. Like. Again, this is just not my line of work. I would not be doing this. I could see you doing it, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a very risky thing, but I like how they really emphasize that. You know, mm-hmm. I like how they emphasize that what they're doing also isn't just simple because it looks simple at first, right? But the I like how it's not like a it's only successfully done once in this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not like a oh, well we're going to have this badass standoff. It's Yeah. These are real stakes with real people mm-hmm. and one of two things is going to happen. You get shot, you're yep. fucked. Exactly. And that's what happens because Damon gets a little greedy has Ezra open like this suitcase thing. And finds their gems, starts smiling, not paying attention. Big dude gets like a huge gun, and they're all shooting at him, but he shoots Damon, and big dude and Damon fall over same time. Ezra pulls out his gun, and C runs away. And then he straight up, like, because he hears Damon breathing, straight up walks over and executes him. And it's like, that went bad so fast. Like, yeah. I had to rewind it and rewatch it to see exactly what the frick happened. <laughs> it went from uh, zero, zero to, to hundred, yeah, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and you think, like, oh, crap. Now she's, like, stuck. But she did. She was given, like, the keys or the key to the, the ship. So she's running away and she goes back to the ship, but it won't. The engine's busted. So it's like, great, stuck here. And she does what any of us would do. <laughs> she straight up just parties. Because earlier we see that her dad was taking something which looks like a futuristic version of cigarettes. So she starts taking them. And then she's just like taking food rations and throwing them against the wall. Because she's like, yeah, I'm dying here. So, <laughs> like, Which is really sad. Because you just see that she kind of just mentally broke and can't handle with what she just saw. Well, she's mentally broke. But yeah, she saw her dad get killed before her eyes. And she she's stuck. She has nothing to do. Which, and presumably this guy's following her. So she just gives up, but like she decides to give up in a joyous way. Like, my last moments are going to be happy. That is the best part ever. Yeah. No revenge. Like, 
oh, I'm going to get revenge. You killed my dad. It's like a literal... No, yes, yeah, she understands. A real... That's a grown man who's way more proficient at killing people than I am. Well, I have no chance. The thing <laughs> is, you're going to be in a fit of rage, but if you... Not in your right mind. But if you're in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you have no idea where you are, the chances of you going buck wild on people yeah, is very rare. Mm-hmm. You're more likely going to go and probably laugh and have a mental breakdown somewhere. Exactly. That's what she does. For you ever so that was great to actually see her the realisticness of it and um, not the dramatization because it would look better yeah yeah because this looked better mm-hmm. there's a few movies that i think can pull that off one of them being rambo especially last blood one of them being john wick <laughs> and john wick yeah but also noting previously each and one of these people have already had the experience so they've already surpass that grieving process of i have the ability to do something about it so to give this like a sense of not just coming out of nowhere Mm -hmm. was really really nice it it was and it made it less because i feel like if they would have taken that this automatically would have been screwed yeah exactly as a movie because it would have been another revenge flick this movie would have been barbarian 100 percent. yeah I see what you did there. Mm. Anyway, uh, that will be a staple for this show. We need to get Barbarian shirts. Um, <laughs> Barbarian. Anyways. Um, so, Ezra, like, shows up at her ship. She, like, kind of crouches down, gets one shot in, like, loads her gun and shoots him in the arm. And then he points a gun at her and he's like, get a med kit now. And it's like, okay. But then as he's, like, bleeding from his arm, she takes the gun from him. And she's like, you're going to take me to your ship. And he goes, my ship isn't there anymore. It's just me. <laughs> like, I had a crew. We all turned on each other. It's just me. But he gives it more vagueness than that. But you kind of can imply that. So he's like, so either give me a med kit or shoot me. And she's like, you killed my dad. And he goes, I know. I wouldn't judge you if you shot me. Like, this seems like a very real conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's also the fact that what I love about Ezra is he's not just another, <laughs> well, I killed your father. It's a... Mm. I did this out of survival, and I was so desperate. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. And your dad was greedy, and he was going to take all my money. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you kind of feel bad for Damon, but you also see where Ezra's coming from. Yeah. This is what I think The Last of Us 2 meant to do as a story. <laughs> yeah. And failed at. Yeah. So miserably. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, the defining point of what it's like to be human and how humanity works a thousand so i love how he's like i completely understand both sides but i felt like it was gonna be one thing and and, and just to take another note mm-hmm. i i think number two might have been the guy the big guy's name or okay whoever was with ezra that time before they killed him yeah uh because i believe they did kill him right they did kill him yeah so never see his face but she calls him his mute friend, <laughs> like, because he just doesn't talk. There's nobody here, so I'm assuming it's the guy who's named number two. Well, that could be one of the mercenaries we meet later, or one of those villagers. So. True. Or it could be Zeke Girl. Who knows? But, um... Yeah. But... Ezra and them, seeing that they were going to get the drop on him anyway, it was almost like they were going to kill him, no matter what. Exactly. So, it, but it was really nice to kind of have that more realistic... Mm-hmm. I understand you do what you have to do, but don't wave a gun around in my face. Exactly. Unless you're going to do something with it. 
me. If you're gonna shoot me, shoot me. If not, get me a med kit. And I like, I also like how no one has the same suit in this movie. Like, they all have space suits, but no one has the exact same sp suit. Like, Ezra's is, like, no. the helmet is a part of his suit. It's giant. But see, hers is, like, a little helmet that goes on top of a suit. And his, his buddy had one that had, like, a square helmet to it. Yes, which had more of, like, almost a safe head vibe if you played the evil within yeah exactly um which is made me much more intimidating the mercenaries <clears throat> have a bunch of different ones like everybody's made it to tailor to them but also to their culture mm -hmm. and tribe of wherever they are which it works for ezra because i get the feeling that like like while damon and c maybe do this out of reluctantness i get the vibe that ezra does this because he wants to do this no, well, I'm sure he's taking care of himself because, I mean, look where he is. Yeah, he has, like, a working ship. He doesn't just live on a colony with a drop pod. Yeah. And, I mean... And he had a crew at some point. One <laughs> of the other cool things I like, too, about their costume design, like you said, with, with Damon and C's helmets, is that they are more of a detachable... She can't really see as much as Ezra can. Oh, yeah, Ezra gets his full like, vision. He doesn't even have to turn his head. <laughs> you ever drive one of those newer cars or hybrids, and it's just got the biggest open window ever? Mm -hmm. It's so great, and you drive them, and then you get back to an older car, and you're like, damn it. Damn. <laughs> so that is what it's like. So it's, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives you the sense of different weaknesses, too, that people could have if you wanted to put a foreshadowing in there. Because, I mean, if you look, it's going to be kind of deadly for C or uh, if Damon would survive longer for the new trip. Yeah. But with Ezra, it's really kind of a, you're, you can see more, yes, mm. but you trip and fall, you have a much more likely chance of dying because your faceplate cracked. Exactly. But, so... She ends up helping him. He, like, does this thing where he, like, puts some stuff over the wound, but then he puts some stuff so the suit isn't compromised. And then his counter deal is, let's go to these mercenary people and do this job at the Queen's Nest. We'll tell them I'm your dad, and then maybe we can convince them to get us off here, and we'll still keep our money. And so she kind of takes that off for... And then another another thing that I like, which they didn't have to do, but I like that they did. Because everyone has air filters for when you're breathing on this planet. He says his is spent, so they have to tether together. So they're, like, attached via, like, a breathing hose. And it's a nice little, like, it adds to it. Because it's like, oh, they could, like, snag that on a branch. Or not. someone could cut it. Like, And this may be reading too much into it, but I think it's perfect. And mm -hmm. I think it was meant to be in there. Imagine having to breathe the same air as, as the person who killer. killed your dad, who you're only trusting because otherwise he would definitely die. Yeah. How? How? She doesn't even trust him at first. I mean, she he asks her questions. She doesn't say anything. They just keep walking. <laughs> what? What? How? But how bad does that have to be to breathe the same air? Mm -hmm. To breathe the same air as your father's killer. Exactly. Exactly. It's knowing that I need him to have a chance at survival. Mm -hmm. you're literally only a pawn, but now I have to share the same air as you. Exactly. 
Like, like it, it does breathe to that, like, saying where you're like, I don't even want to breathe the same air as you. Like, <laughs> it's, But it's a real feeling. I don't mm-hmm. think people understand the severity. It's something to say, you know, it's an expression, but it is something that you don't want to be part of. You don't mm-hmm. want to be a part of the evilness that comes out with every breath of somebody or the heinous thing that they just did. Exactly. Because breathing in that air is like breathing in whatever... It's like breathing in the bad breaths that they took or the blood, you know, like blood money. Exactly. It's like taking blood money, Mm -hmm. but instead of money, it's oxygen that those people are breathing. Yeah. And they got it by doing something heinous. Mm Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I I thought, you know, and like I said, that could be reading too much into it, but I think that was meant to be there. Yeah, 100%. But so they're walking through, and then they keep walking, and they see, like, because we find out there are people who have decided to settle there, because they, they, they call them, like, religious hokey people, like, because they think this moon is, like, the promised land or something. But they're, like, like, they see someone, and he's, she, he's like, we're gonna follow him, and she's like, no, we're running out of time. And he goes, my arm is bad, I botched it, we need to do this or I'm gonna die. And then you're screwed too. So they go and they meet with these people and he wants like just medicine and all this stuff. And they're talking like in this tent without helmets and they hand him a case full of gems. And he's like, I don't understand. And they're like, it's for the girl. And it's like, Oh, they want to buy her. And he's like, why do you need her? And they're like, well, our dead mother's dead, and we need a woman to take care of us as part of our... And before he even finishes the explanation, C is out of there. She just takes a moment, sprints, someone chases her, and she unplugs their oxygen thing and kicks them and just runs. (laughs) Which for me, as soon as they said, for the girl, I was like, no. No, you ain't buying a chick. I don't care, you're a bunch of pedophiles. Well, then they, then they said, we need someone to take, we need a woman to take care of us. And I'm like, yeah, you're still not buying a woman. I don't even care if it's for, I don't care what the purpose no. is. You're not buying someone. You don't buy people. They are not property. Exactly. But so she runs away for a while and then finds a tent and goes in it. And Ezra's already in there out of his suit, hands her some food. And she's like, what happened? And he's like, well, they didn't give me the stuff because you ran away. So, uh, either we need to cut this off my arm off or i'm going to die and she's and she asks she looks at him would you have sold me and she he looks at her no (laughs) and i feel like he meant that he didn't mean that because he seemed for what it's worth he seems like a man at his word you know he just does what he has to to survive he's not well he doesn't he doesn't seem like a double crosser no he doesn't you know like like like, if Damon had straight up... I feel like this movie would be so different if Damon had said, come on out, and his daughter came out, and then they all went, and I feel like they actually would have done the job, and that would have been the movie. That would have been a boring-ass movie. That would have, that have been been short for yeah. some action. Mm-hmm. But that would have been the movie. Like, I, I, he doesn't... He only comes across to me as someone who, if he's going to kill you, if it's the only way... Well, yeah, I mean, it's more or less, like I was saying, it's about, it's really what it comes down to is it's about, um, what was I trying to say? The prospect of the situation? (laughs) No. I think it's more about 
whatever situation he's in, he's just doing what he can to survive. He doesn't have a help. He's a survivor. In yeah, because that's I feel like that's what made him different. Because Ezra's a survivor. Damon just wanted to get rich. (laughs) Take, um, I was gonna take Ramsey Bolt for example. Take uh, spoilers. Um, for Game for, of Thrones season, no, for Red Dead Redemption too, um, in a sense. And Game of Thrones, you said Ramsey Bolton. I said I was gonna think, but Ramsey Bolton isn't right for this. Oh, Micah okay. Bell for Red Dead Redemption too. Micah Bell is a despicable, worthless piece of shit, to say the least, mm-hmm. in the cleanest way. Yeah. Um, Peter Ostrom's, I forget how to say his name. So hopefully, I'm saying it right to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh his best acting is in there bringing that character to life much like the people who played Ramsey Bolton and uh, Joffrey Baratheon um, mm-hmm. but the thing to note about them is that they enjoyed what they did Micah enjoyed what he did as a survivor mm-hmm. one of the things he says to Arthur towards the end of the game uh, for those of you who played it you under you know what scene I'm talking about yeah uh, and he constantly is telling Arthur as he's doing these heinous things that I'm a survivor. Right. And that's all there is. Yeah. Which, sure, but even while being a survivor is all there is, there's a very certain way to go about that. There's a lot. You do not have to kill everybody in your path. You do not have to fuck everybody over to do that. Mm-hmm. You can still achieve a reasonable way of survival without having to compromise on something so heinous. Like your humanity. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, that's like the, the best part, I think, about this film is that Ezra really wasn't... You believe that he wasn't really going to give up his humanity for a bit of material. No, and that's why he's okay with his arm getting cut off. Because he understands it's either this or I die. Yeah, and... I mean, there is something to be said, though, too. Um... Which, I mean, I, I don't, when we get a shot of him, when they offer him the diamonds, you know. He looks more confused than excited. Yeah. Because he it's asked not, for medical aid. <laughs> and he seems like, okay, I want these, but why again? Because yeah, I'm, yeah. What's going I'm on? here for something else. Even when they say the girl, he still looks like, why what? would I? Yeah. Even after they explain it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. You know, that's something that, you know, I really liked. For somebody who's supposed to be so sinister, it just shows the humanity in him. Exactly. Which is, you know, something that I think is major. And, I mean, he could have killed him, too. Mm Could have went after with C and tried to go get some guns with her to kill them all. But But, it's not necessary to kill them all. Unless they were hunting you. (laughs) And, I mean, I think that's, like, one of the most powerful story arcs in that kind of lacks in characters. Is they always have that humanity struggle, but they play it out too long. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing with Batman, it's like, you know, you could kill the Joker, and that would be right. Well, what does that do to you? But once you kill the most heinous person, you're going to find it easier to do anything to do it to everybody else. You're not going to intentionally do it. You're going to do it because subconsciously you'd be like, oh, I've already done it before. That's one of my favorite lines from Under the Red Hood, which is one of the greatest DC animated movies ever. Yes. You've seen this? Yeah. I love Under the Red Hood. Red Hood is like near, near the climax because you know this at this point if you know comic books. Jason Todd, who's one of the Robins, becomes Red Hood and he's like pointing a gun at the Joker's head because he killed him 
and he brought him back to life. But then he he throws Batman a gun and he says, "You shoot him or I shoot you." And Batman's like, "I can't." And he goes, "Why? It would break your moral code. It's too hard to cross that line." He goes, "No, it would be too easy." You don't think I've wanted to kill him every day of my life? You don't think I've wanted to subject him to every single heinous pain of torture that he's ever given to anyone and then end him? That's all I've wanted to do. But I know it'd be too easy, and I know I wouldn't go back. And I would just... That's all I would be. And it's like, that is so powerful. From an animated film, like, that is insane. Well, like I said, like, Boa Jack Horseman, too. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter how storytelling is told. It just matters that you tell a good story. Exactly. And I think that, that you know, with that Batman thing too, the human having the humanity part is, uh, mm-hmm. well, that's how the Batman Who Laughs became the Batman Who Laughs too. A little bit. What do you mean? Well, I mean, ex- opposed from sucking in and inhaling the gas from the Joker's lungs, Mm -hmm. the Batman who laughs caved in to the more anger and desire that he had, too. Yeah, well, he killed the Joker of his universe and then, like, went crazy and then killed everyone. Which was part of the toxins, but because he killed him in the first place. It was all... Well, that's the thing about the Joker toxins, is it, like, it feeds off your most inner desires, and everyone's most inner desires is just to be happy, so that's why you just laugh uncontrollably. Which is why Arkham Knight was so perfect. Mm-hmm. Which we will have to get into one day. But, 100%. but Ezra, I he, think, is the he, perfect example of yeah. having keeping your humanity. Exactly. In the worst of situations. Exactly. He gives so he gives um he gives C this scalpel, which he's like, there's a few settings. A few of them are for cutting through skin, and these last ones are for cutting through bone. Can you do this? And she's like, Yeah. And she's like, will it hurt? And he, like, lifts up his arm and, like, drops it and it goes limp. And he goes, no. <laughs> like, I love some of the dialogue in this movie. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal is... He sells it so a much. troll master. He is. He's really? an acting master. I don't even think it's him really acting mm-hmm. as much as it's just kind of like, what would I do if this is me? Well, and I love, I love how he's, like, he ta- when she's cutting it, he, he's talking about his arm, like... It's my best friend. It's always been there for me. It's never failed me. And then you hear the knife hit bone, and he goes, hmm. She goes, did you feel that? And he goes, nope, you just hit bone. And you get the sense that, like, when she was cutting through the skin, it just seemed normal. But the second that knife hit the bone, he realized, oh, I'm losing my arm. Like, this is actually terrifying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it actually hit him that, like, this is what's happening. I will be with only one arm. What? <laughs> Which and, sucks. Yeah, and the rest of the time he's freaking out, but... She cuts his whole arm off. They don't really show anything. It's just kind of off screen. And I get the sense that they don't show anything because budgetary restrictions, but I also get the sense that it wasn't necessary to show in a whole arm getting cut off. You know, even though it's a radar film, I, appro- I, I really approved of that. I, I really heck? admired that. I do wonder, though. What is the R rating for? Just you people know, die on it? Because, like, think... there's not really any swearing. There's some blood, but it's like... I think it just has to do with the mature themes. But let me look here. I'm trying to look at IMDb. IMDb. Um, violence of bloody images. Oh, because the end battle, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one is a bit like, hmm, okay. Yeah. But so she cuts off his arm, and then they start moving again towards where the mercenaries are. 
And they're bonding a little more. She's telling him about a book that she lost, but she read so many times she memorized, so she keeps writing it down. And then she adds scenes to it because she likes the idea of being in the world of this book more than the actual world. And then she, like, says, like, you probably think it's stupid. My dad always said I shouldn't rereading a book is a waste of time and he goes no and you get the sense that like Ezra understands her more than her dad did and like kind of accepts her in a way more because he like he understands like you know you're just creative like that's that's all it is like you're not wasting anyone's time because you like doing that so what what does it matter (laughs) right and uh one thing I wanted to bring up too real quick this was based off a 14-minute short that Christopher uh, Codwell and Zeke Earl did. They are the directors of this. So oh, this is... An extension of the short. Well, actually more of a remake oh, okay. of the short. What's the short called? Prospect, of the same name. Oh, okay. 2014. Any of the same actors or all different? Uh, no, all different, it looks okay. like. Um, yeah, check out the short film. Sure. Um, and also, one other cool thing, all perspectives... Our prospects in exterior shots were filmed in the How Rainforest on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. Awesome. So that road, answers your question from earlier. Road trip? Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to see that place. <laughs> like, it looks so beautiful. It does. Mm-hmm. Especially after what they, uh, what they did with it. Yeah. Because you really do feel like you're on another planet. Or on a moon, at least. But, so they get to the mercenaries. There's a lot of unsettling characters. There's a naked dude covered in red paint in a box. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you guys have your own hobbies, I guess. Whatever floats your kink boat. Yeah, I guess. I guess he. they said he was, like, payment for something. So I guess the implication is that they can... And it's like, okay. Like, <laughs> so, eh, all right. But, um, they meet these mercenaries, there's, like, the main guy, then there's, like, the guy who, like, has the big gun, and then there's the girl who, like, she plays a radio on her belt that, like, puts music over everyone's ears, and you get the idea that it's, like, oh, it's, it's so that they, like, can't, if they're fighting someone, they can't, like, hear or communicate with each other, or they get their ears blasted out, <laughs> so. Which is smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very smart. Very resourceful. And she, like, speaks a whole other language. I don't know what language it is. I'm assuming it's, like, the language of this universe that she was writing in. But they're like, so here's the deal. We'll give you 15% of whatever gets made. And Ezra's like, how about we take 13% and a ride? And they're like, nope, can't do it. And then C straight up, like, C straight up goes for the trump card. And then she's like, then we're not doing it. And it's like, oh... And he's like, hold on, <laughs> like, let me negotiate a little more. And he does, doesn't work. And then, and then he's like, well, then, yeah, we're not doing it. And they're like, fine. So they start working on it. But because he doesn't have his dominant hand, he keeps cutting the thing. And like, if you cut this thing wrong, if you got it right, you get a diamond. But if you cut it wrong, the diamond freaking melts. <laughs> Which would suck. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Imagine you're mining for gold. But if you touch a gold, touch gold in the wrong place, it just turns to dust. Imagine that's what gold mining was. Like that would be really crappy. <laughs> Which really emphasizes why Damon was so precise about yeah. everything. God help. It's like like C. it's like pearls. 
you know? Like, you have to be very precise when you're getting a pearl out of a clam, and you have to be very delicate with a pearl, because pearls are not, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But so he tries it, doesn't work, because he's doing it one-handed. Then he tries it again, still doesn't work, and the guy's like, do you know what you're doing? And he's like... He's like, no, we're done here. We're not paying you for for a botched job. And then C tries it, and you think it's going to be a thing like, oh, she's going to figure out how to do it because she was watching her dad do it for so long. But it's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, You actually have to do it, do it. So she messes it up, too, and he's like, we're done. And as he's walking away, Ezra, like, loses his shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's where the R part comes in. Because he cuts the dude's ankle, he falls down, and he just stabs him a bunch. Which and then, is... And then he's like, crap, they're going to hear that. <laughs> like, he realizes, like, what did I do? <laughs> He just kind of had enough... I mean, he's had a long day. Yeah. He didn't, oh, yeah. He, he didn't lost intend his to arm kill anybody. And... Well, no, he didn't intend to kill anybody. His crew had a fucking mutiny. Yeah. Then he comes up and has this little girl. He's trying to protect now because he feels guilty for fought, killing <laughs> she her father. She ran away. <laughs> she ran away because she thought she was going to sell him for sex money. Yeah. And gems. And then he gets his arm cut off by her. And then he's sitting there like... Now I can't, can't even, even the do the damn thing. diamonds that now I can't I even do my job for. Yeah. And have a chance at retiring or doing something about my Or at least getting now. off this rock. But so then all the other people show up and he like tries to pass it off as like, oh he fell in, huh? But then someone sees the link and then he's just, run. So they they start running in the woods. By a miracle, neither of them are shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't know how. But that girl starts hunting them. And he's like, you go around, run distraction, I'll go behind her and get her with the knife. Which, their weapon is essentially a scalpel. <laughs> That's all they got left. Which, I mean, mm. a scalpel's a scalpel, I guess. But so, to have so then, she, nothing. she sees running around, and the lady's like shooting at her, but then Ezra tries to come up from behind. She hears him, stabs him in the stomach. So I'm like, crap, Ezra's dead. But then he like, Gets her in the neck and just stabs her a bunch. Leans against a log. <laughs> and he's like, go. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm fucking done with the day. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like, is... you can still live. Just get out of here. So she goes. And I think one of the other guys, he got shot earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. But so then there's one last guy who's... Or no, she shot him. But then she has to reload. So there's one other guy who's about to shoot at her, but then the the nude dude in the box <laughs> comes out of nowhere and just caves his head in with a rock. <laughs> and this is where it got its R rating. Cause well, this we is... don't see it, but we hear it. And well, that's the you important part. you see a little bit of off, like, spatter. Yeah. But not anything more than that. Yeah. But I believe it's the brutal nature of literally carving someone's face with stab marks. Exactly. But so then she gets a med kit, because all the mercenaries are dead now, goes back to Ezra, heals him, and I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> like, you killed the guy, you, you healed, you helped the guy who less than 16 hours ago killed your father. Great. <laughs> I mean, I think she realized that he wasn't a bad person. Yeah. Because he did, he did genuinely care for her, like, by the end of this. Yeah. And then they hop into a ship. They hop in a ship, it flies, and credits roll. Yeah. 
Perfect this ending. was an amazing movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it much more. I knew from the few years ago when I saw in 2018 that I was going to love it. It's worth your prospects for sure. <laughs> it, it, it It's such a, an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, but it looks like this is meant to be a series. It looks like Earl came out and said that... Uh, he wants to do more with Ezra's character. Cinemaholic, yeah. It looks like he says no. We believe that if the sequel were to be greenlit, we'd expect prospect two to be released to release sometime in 2020 or 2022 or later cool and it looks like back in 2018 as of october with collider it looks like they sold a sci-fi series to amazon studios to work on nice so that's possible we could get like a live action series i know pedro pascal would be down for that <laughs> i want to be very i hope they're going to be very careful with it though yes what they have here is something that is going to be a case of wonder woman Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman 84, you set the bridge very, 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 very high. Yeah. That's the same I thing mean, with The Last of Us too. although it was just Here's what you do. Show us, perspective. show us a little bit of the universe. Don't show us much. Don't get these people, Ezra and C's characters, don't get them involved in something too big and unlikely. Like, like, the, like the Mandalorian. Exactly. Like, don't, don't have them, like plotting to assassinate a governor or something like have them still be minors and just or like on another planet and being a joel and ellie just minding their own business exactly and like whatever happens happens like i don't want to see the pursue i don't want to see a big bad i just want to see these people living you living know? not pursuing exactly pursuing exactly. pursuing happiness pursuit of happiness Will Smith. But not... <laughs> well, going on a pursuit of happiness without having to have this big revenge streak or no. big break. I don't want to have to deal with someone from Ezra's past. No, like, it is very, very delicate. It is something that does not need to be changed. No. And if done properly, can have all the action scenes it wants it could be like a freaking michael bay movie yeah but all that matters is that the stories are and it's made and paced well this was a very well paced movie it was absolutely incredible and i need to watch the short because i'm excited to see how they turn this into 14 minutes exactly we were talking about that earlier if it was a short so i I it is weird how the movie is an hour 40 but the original short is 14 minutes so they got 10 times the runtime. you gotta explain it and that's from what Google says. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it could be a little bit longer. It could have been like a, or a little shorter. Who knows? But that's Prospect, man. I mean, I say this is one of my favorite movies. I'm glad um, you showed me it. It does make me very excited to check out Robert Pattinson's High Life movie. Because I believe yeah. that has a very similar narrative. Uh, but it's more about... Clones? No. Okay. No. I, it's more about the insanity on the colony. Yeah. Isolation space. going, yeah. Making so you crazy. I think it's like the reversed, reverse, uh, prospect. A it's reverse about of prospect. Isolation yeah. as opposed to and yeah. the insanity of uh, tyranny of an overall person mm-hmm. on the station. So I think it's going to be very. I've heard very good things about that, and it's got like yeah. the same score, and I think some of the same kind of critic consensus because it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes like this. So yeah. But without further ado, that has been Prospect. Very, very fun. And hopefully we will be able to get to do more of these Friday bonus episodes for you. We don't know what's coming next, but something. Yeah. And it's always... No no real theme. Just a film. Like, yeah. It's as much as we know. It's always fun to be able to 
do a side series once in a while so we can divert from our main and give you guys some fresh content. Because we, I think we both know that it can be exhausting. While it is fun for us to make these ec- yeah. these episodes, it is very exhausting to be on one topic mm-hmm. for X amount of time. Yeah, so like only talk about kaiju movies or only talk about fantasy movies. Yeah. So, we totally understand. It's like playing the same game. Eventually you're going to get bored and you want to play another free room yeah. game. Eventually you get so good at the game, you reach god mode. <laughs> and then there's no fun in it and you don't want to just sit and reset it that's happening with me a little bit right now with Immortals Phoenix Rising I've gotten all the power ups everything dies so easily but I can change the difficulty so maybe I will I don't know you can only go up from there so yeah. this has been Film Tower with your host Neil Sweeto and Nathaniel Schumacher and we will see you in the next one bye bye follow bye. all the socials you know you know the deal Instagram Facebook check us out YouTube whatever bye